This is episode 54 of Sunday Morning Manga for Sunday, January 21st, 2024. It is not safe for work. Let's get started. Welcome to Sunday Morning Manga. I am Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm still readjusting after a hiatus, so ideally this show is live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Twitch and YouTube at Derek S. McGrath. And I am going to try to be more consistent with getting an audio version out each week, but for the sake of my time availability and to make this show's title still applicable, podcast episodes will come out one week later, Sundays at 6 a.m. Eastern, wherever you get your podcasts. So the podcast you're listening to now first came out on Sunday, January 28, 2024 at 6 a.m. Eastern, which means if you're listening to that podcast right now, when it first came out, you can also hear me later today at 11 a.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch to talk about Akane Banashi, Chapter 95. But if you're listening live right now on January 21st, you are going to be hearing something completely different, so sorry for that temporal confusion. In any case, you can get early access to podcasts at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath, as well as early access to works in progress. Even if you're not contributing on Patreon, the live streams are always free and available on YouTube, and the podcast versions of those live streams will be free starting on the following Sunday. Thank you for your consideration. You can find a transcript and links from today's episode at DerekSMcGrath.wordpress.com. Contributions are appreciated at coffee.com slash DerekSMcGrath. Purchases from my Amazon wishlist are also appreciated. And you can email me at Derek.S.McGrath at gmail.com. Every Sunday, there is a live reaction to a newly released manga chapter. Today, we're finally getting to something I promised long ago. A live reaction to the newest chapter of Martial Master Asumi, in this case, chapter 29, story and art by Kawada, English translation by Nova Skipper, lettering by Phil Christie. Martial Master Asumi is licensed by Viz and can be read at viz.com. Oh, and there will be a lot of talk today as well about another series by Kawada, Hinamaru Sumo, which is available to read in English at Manga Plus with an English translation by Miki Miyagi, editing by Greg Scott, and lettering by Kara Sanks, Hat Tip Anime News Network for the credits. You also can watch the Hinamaru Sumo anime on Crunchyroll, hashtag just a meeting. Before we get started, an apology. I wish I had finished this reaction to Martial Master Asumi months ago, because even when taking time to get back to these live reactions, that time has not improved my regard for this series because I just plain do not like it. And trying to organize my thoughts as to why I don't like this series has taken a lot of work. I had written two earlier posts about it at patreon.com slash Derek Those posts are now free to read, and links to those posts are in the description. I really didn't like this series that much. That is going to be a problem going in. My problem going in. Not necessarily a problem in the series itself. Because even as I can point out how the story does set up and pay off 
decently, if not well. And as I can point out how the artwork reinforces the tone and message of the story, I just can't get over what I don't like about this series, how it fails to educate about mixed martial arts in an engaging way, how it just isn't as good as similar works such as Hajime no Ippo, or even other works by series creator Kawada, which we'll talk about later, or how its supporting cast is dull, how it struggles to make its grandfather character likable despite his degenerative illness because he's just a toxic, abusive person, and how that toxicity and abusiveness is so integral to the current state of mixed martial arts with that orange dipshit getting standing ovations at MMA events from the worst fucking people in this country. That I can't stand that sport just as I can't stand this series. So, yeah, I'm not going to be much fun today. If you want to bail out now, please feel free to turn this off. I'll be back next week to cover Akane Banashi. But if you're interested in hearing more about my thoughts, let's jump into the background about this series, its plot, what works, what doesn't work, how it ties into Hinamaru Sumo, and a live reaction to today's newest chapter. What is this series about? The Viz website describes the series as follows. Quote, When boys force Nido's hand, he decides to stop running and use his secret martial arts skills to fight for his life. And reading that plot summary, I already feel my ire up. It's not the worst tagline, it's not entirely inaccurate, but it isn't precise. I can read the bullies as either the ones who disappear after chapter 1, hence setting up Nito's origin story, or the bullies he'll keep encountering, like his brother, or, as I already hinted at, yeah, I do think his own grandfather is a bully. But to refer to it as secret martial arts skills is fine, although it sounds more like a family secret rather than as something that everyone figures out after chapter one, so not much of a secret. And it's not a fight for his life so much as a fight to define some meaning to his life. And not to start sounding like an old fart whining about the kids nowadays, especially as this is a shonen series targeted at younger readers, but this is a story about Nito, a high schooler, who doesn't know what career he wants or what he will do aside from taking care of his grandfather and his siblings. And the story doesn't quite treat that work as noble so much as unfulfilling for him. If I don't get to this point later, let me toss it out there right now. This series wants Nito to be the Zuku Midoriya underdog of the story, and it just doesn't work. Back to my earlier point that this is a story for high school readers. I'm not saying this isn't relatable for a lot of readers. I am saying I think that Viz has exaggerated the stakes, especially when we're reading this story in the context of other contemporary series where the protagonists are indeed literally fighting for their lives, not just fighting to define some meaning to their lives. <sighs> okay, that's a lot for me to get out of that one short tagline by Viz. <laughs> 
let's try for something more substantial. The Manga Plus website summarizes the series as such. Quote, Kawada Sensei, the creator of Hinamaru Sumo, returns to Shonen Jump. Nito is living a quiet high school life while taking care of his disabled grandpa, but thanks to an encounter with a schoolmate striving to be a pro-female MMA fighter, his life is about to flip. Sometimes you just have to fight. This serious MMA story is an all-out battle. That is a more accurate summary. It's too lengthy for the Viz website, but it at least works here from Manga Plus. And hey, Manga Plus makes sure to mention one of Kawada's other series that they publish, Hinamaru Sumo. And I would rather talk about that series. And Viz should license the entire series, pay people well to translate and letter it, and put it online to read at the Viz website. But we'll get to Hinamaru Sumo in a moment. Let's talk about what doesn't work. In Martial Master Asumi, what motivates our titular protagonist is so limited as to be at best cliche and at worst insulting. His motivations are a girl he's attracted to and a grandfather he has to take care of. And both motivations make Nito come across as superficial in his motivations. And what's worse, the grandfather is such an unlikable dick that it is hard to feel he is worth defending as a character. I went into Asumi expecting to learn more about mixed martial arts, and I didn't learn as much as I had wanted. The lessons are there, but they are muddled by soap opera theatrics that in themselves are not engaging enough to justify how they distract from what little we learn about martial arts practices. Not to keep comparing Asumi to its prequel, Hinamaru Sumo, too much, but at the end of the first chapter, or first episode, of Hinamaru Sumo, I learned a lot about that martial art. More than whatever little information can be gleaned from Asumi. And not to keep comparing Asumi to another series, but I went into the similar series, Hajime no Ippo, to learn about boxing, and I did. And it's not that I like these sports. I really do not like MMA. I don't like boxing. I think they do more harm to its athletes than is worth it for competition or entertainment. And yet, I can learn about boxing in one series and feel sympathy for the protagonist because the titular character from Hajime no Ippo has more motivations than just being attracted to a girl and wanting to take care of his family. Those are there in his story as well. But so is his own personal ambition, his desire to mentor new boxers, to honor his predecessor's efforts, to help his friends get closer to their dreams. Nito, meanwhile, is pretty much just all about one girl and one family, and a family that is barely developed or, as with his grandfather, is too much of an unlikable asshole to make me care about him. As I said, something like Kawada's previous series, Hinamaru Sumo, is far more educational about sumo wrestling. And as it is a prequel to Asumi, that makes sense why Asumi doesn't educate well at all, because it assumes you read Hinamaru first, learned about sumo as well as MMA there, then read Asumi having learned those basics, 
and that is a huge mistake. So let's actually talk about Hinamaru Sumo then. Martial Master Asumi is not the first manga by creator Kawada. They also have a one-shot titled Heavy Metal Yankees, but they are probably best known for their previous manga series, Hinamaru Sumo, which ran for five years, 28 volumes, and even had an anime adaptation. And yes, I know how Asumi as a series is a self-sequel to Hinamaru, we'll get to that. And despite what we're here to talk about today in Asumi, I would rather be watching Hinamaru Sumo than reading Asumi. In just the last few weeks, it took one episode of the anime adaptation of Hinamaru Sumo to get me hooked. I would rather be watching Hinamaru Sumo than reading Martial Master Asumi, not only because Asumi was that disappointing, but because Hinamaru is that good. This isn't to ignore what doesn't work in Hinamaru Sumo. I'll talk about how it handles gender and its cast of girls and women in a bit. But there are other problems. Some are structural. Maybe the protagonist is too good to be true. But others are harder to sit through. Yes, when other characters talk about the titular protagonist about his height, they use a slur against little people that does not land well at all. And some gags around the body type and weight of sumo wrestlers are potentially fat phobic. And I'm having to wonder whether the series opted to make its sumo characters conventionally muscular or even thin, not just to play with expectations, but also to avoid having large characters in the story. This is mitigated in later chapters, if Manga Plus would hurry up and license the latest chapters for official release, in which our main character has the typical sumo aesthetic. So maybe you can justify this as a story about high schoolers, so of course they don't have the mass and muscle yet, because they are young, they wouldn't and probably shouldn't have undergone so much mass gain that early, that fast in their lives. And I say all of this after starting episode 11 last night and seeing they finally do get to the mass gain and we'll get back to that episode later on. Despite these flaws, I found Hinamaru Sumo as the better story. It is a more entertaining story with more memorable and likable characters, so it makes the history lessons about Sumo and the instructions about how the sport works more engaging. That's why I'm confused, wondering why Viz hasn't leaned more into using Hinamaru Sumo as a selling point to better promote why you should be reading Martial Master Asumi. Imagine that tagline. From the creator of Hinamaru Sumo comes a new fighting sports series. Granted, that is the problem. I had never heard of Hinamaru Sumo before this month. Heck. I only learned about it when Googling about series creator Kawada, ending up on the Wikipedia page for his series Hinamaru Sumo, and then finding out from that Wikipedia page that Hinamaru Sumo is a prequel to Martial Master Asumi, which, <sighs> why didn't anyone tell me that there was a prequel? I shouldn't have to check Wikipedia to learn this. Okay, let me collect myself. The other reason we don't hear Viz use Hinamaru to promote Asumi could be because Viz potentially hasn't licensed Hinamaru Sumo, 
and maybe they're waiting to see how Asumi turns out, which means that I am not optimistic Asumi will get better enough to convince Viz to license Hinamaru as well. Like I said, I had no knowledge whether Hinamaru Sumo was popular. Heck, I had zero knowledge of the series, which doesn't speak well to me given that it has some tangible successes. It lasted for 28 volumes from 2014 to 2019. It had a crossover with Kuroko's Basketball. It had a 24-episode anime that is on Crunchyroll and even got an English dub. Hashtag just a meeting. And let's talk about that English dub. Because it is well done. Honestly, the English dub of the anime for Hinamaru Sumo was far more enjoyable than whatever martial master Asumi is going for. Hinamaru Sumo has an incredibly strong start, at least in its anime. But the character is a lot to get through, and if you didn't cast well for that character, he would not work. The first episode already has one downside. It starts by defining the titular protagonist, Hinamaru, by introducing him through his defense of a girl. Cliché and depending on making it about a girl who needs saving. Add to it a lot of content warnings and triggers as it's a girl getting groped by a man on a train only for Hinamaru coming to her rescue. It's a total clash that potentially disrupts what came across as a lighthearted sports story. And yet, as difficult as it is to sit through that scene, it also sets up Hinamaru as someone we should appreciate and want to cheer on. He's a high schooler, he's new to town, our first time meeting him is seeing him rescue a teenage girl from a perverted man trying to sexually assault her, so we want to see him kick some ass. There is mystery about Hinamaru's scars, he's goofy, and even as he first saves the girl, he did so while already in his sumo attire, so we get that he is naive and goofy, but still has the correct intentions and has his heart in the right place. He compliments experts in the sport of sumo, he's willing to share the spotlight, he's not just a showboat, he shows off his knowledge but immediately supports and compliments everyone else excited for the sport and wants to learn from their example. He respects his elders, but will knock them down if they start some shit up. That is a lot of personality to encapsulate in one character, and it's hard to contain that in just Hinamaru. Fortunately, the English dub casts Rico Fajardo as Hinamaru, who brings the same heroic ethos and goofy goodness that he brought to Mirio in My Hero Academia. So with that voice, you get what this character is about. Badass, hardcore, but friendly, likable, and wanting to do the right thing at all times. You like this guy. You don't need the story to have other characters talk him up. What you see on screen and on paper sells you on him. Oh, and in the first episode, Hinamaru kicks the bullies and thugs who are squatting in the school sumo dojo out. Or so he thinks. He gets that wrong. And I'll avoid the long-winded explanation as to why that joke works so well, so... Go watch the episode and enjoy the excellent setup and pay off to that gag. Let's dig more into this to compare Hinamaru and Asumi, both the series and their titular protagonists. I can appreciate that Kawada wanted to do something different with Martial Master Asumi, 
where the protagonists differ wildly, but I would rather have another Hinamaru-like protagonist than whatever Asumi is crafted to be. Hinamaru is hot-blooded and ready to defend the vulnerable from the bullies and abusers. Nito Asumi, by contrast, is passive, has to see a pretty girl get hurt, or a classmate get hurt, or his grandfather get hurt before he stands up to someone. And I don't even mean that each time he stands up. I mean that it has to be a succession of cases before he finally does something. He's too slow to take action. This isn't a character who is waiting for someone to cross the line before he confronts them. This is someone who sees that person crossing the line over and over so that you're wondering why he hasn't done anything yet. This isn't Scotty refusing to fight Korax in the trouble with Tribbles until he insults the Enterprise, where the point is that this is a joke. This isn't Luffy being friendly with a villain until that villain goes too far, where the point is to show that Luffy wants to spread joy and make friends, but despite how flexible he is, will fight back when someone crosses the line. This is incoherent. Nito is too passive to get a handle on him, aside from being a character who seems to have misplaced priorities and potentially a lot of suppressed rage that is going to reach an unhealthy breaking point, which, now that I say that, means he could have been more like something out of Mob Psycho, so again, a whole lot of ways you could have had this characterization work, and it just doesn't. To summarize this point, Hinamaru is an active protagonist, Asumi is a reluctant protagonist, and both had their value, both can work for stories, but Nito Asumi as the reluctant hero is a lot more tiresome. It doesn't help that Martial Master Asumi has to give him an evil big brother who does the most flimsy of shonen plots, namely challenging Nito to beat him in a future MMA tournament where Nito isn't even yet a pro MMA fighter. It is so tenuous as to make Nito's goals and motivations far less engaging than Hinamaru's simpler but more engaging goals. I talk more about the differences between Martial Master Asumi and Hinamaru Sumo in two posts now available for free at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. Links are in the description. But one of my chief complaints about Martial Master Asumi is that it is deceptively simple, but then the story feels like it needs to keep complicating the plot to make it more entertaining or, now that I think about it, more distinct from the previous Hinamaru Sumo. Which, sidebar, what is it with franchises that think they need to be this overly complicated? Fire Force fell apart because it wanted to be everything Soul Eater was not. My Hero Academia Vigilantes makes Kohei such a passive protagonist that he is just as dull and unlikable as Nito, while Izuku Midoriya, for all problems I have with how Horikoshi is writing him, has always been an active protagonist who drives the plot rather than only responding to the plot. That's not to overly praise Hinamaru, however, as I can see why the series has not been more popular. It tries to make its protagonist the underdog, 
shorter than the typical sumo fighter. But honestly, reading the plot summary, skimming through the story, it doesn't stand out enough from Martial Master Asumi to say something more meaningful. The artwork is definitely the same. The story is a little too similar. It's about a high school student who joins his school's sumo club. At least Hinamaru Sumo was about a character who was the underdog due to his physical stature, but Martial Master Asumi feels like a step backwards, transferring the sympathy away from our titular character and to his grandfather who is suffering from dementia, who, as I will keep repeating, was so unlikable and an abusive bully before his medical condition, and even after his medical condition, is still abusive and so unlikable that it's hard to motivate the sympathy he needs to have to remain compelling. Heck, Hinamaru had a more interesting first episode by having him protect his new friend in sumo when he had his ring destroyed by bullies. I want to emphasize how much better this story makes you like Hinamaru as a character than Asumi as a series makes you like its protagonist Nito. Hinamaru only has to protect a destroyed sumo ring. Nito has to protect a classmate and his classmate slash coach slash love interest and the honor of his grandfather, all of these three people. And yet, I find Hinamaru protecting a sumo reign more engaging than the people Nito is trying to protect. Hinamaru as a series simplified all of this to one symbol, the reign that was destroyed. Asumi as a series tries to defend a whole boat of people, and none of it lands with me. I don't know. Maybe Asumi is more ambitious with how much is at stake for the protagonist, while Asumi is taking the easier, typical shonen cliches and being too similar to Hajime no Ippo. But I already said I prefer Ippo, so of course I'm more into Hinamaru. That's not ignoring flaws to Hinamaru. I think having our protagonist be motivated by his trauma over his mother's death is a disappointing fridging. I think Asumi is more complex in documenting his grandfather's mental decline, even as the story keeps making him so unlikable that it complicates my regard about that mental decline, so I'm torn between sympathizing and also just plain not liking the guy, which, yeah, that's realistic. You're not going to like everyone, but still sympathize with their struggles. And even then, the flaws themselves lead to more engaging results, in Hinamaru's case at least. For example, that girl Hinamaru rescues on the train, you'd think that'll be the endgame romance. But, surprise, it isn't. She remains a supporting character in the cast, but it's not her that Hinamaru ends up marrying by the end of the series. And I appreciated that minor subversion. I know it's a low bar to subvert expectations, and this series could have benefited from subverting even harder, but just that small surprise was more engaging than whatever Asumi has been going for. So, yeah, Hinamaru Sumo is just that much better than Asumi and should be the selling point to get people to read Asumi. But it isn't being capitalized like that by Viz, and I think I had the disappointing reason. The Hinamaru Sumo manga is legally in English only through Manga Plus, not through Viz. And Manga Plus has only the first six chapters. And Manga Plus 
just isn't as big a name as Viz, at least in the United States. And honestly, it's not as easy to navigate or subscribe to. And while Hinamaru had an anime, it wasn't one on my watch list until now. And while I look forward to finishing the series, it may get lost in just how many other anime are churned out each year in this everlasting pipeline production system. Oh, and before I forget, as I keep repeating, yeah, Asumi is a sequel series. Chihiro, a coach who appears in Chapter 22 of Asumi, first appeared in Episode 2 of Hinamaru. And I am angry with how optimistic bro and support of Chihiro is in Hinamaru when the audience first meets him. He is called obnoxious in the anime by another character because he dared to tell the person who lost against him in a match how to improve. And he does so in a smart, supportive, friendly way. Okay, what the hell? That's not obnoxious. The dude is excited like Hinamaru is to share his love for the sport and help people get better at it. That's not obnoxious exactly, that's passionate. It's like a whole cast of just Ichiro from My Hero Academia, bro dude upon bro dude doing manly things and just being friendly and not being misogynistic dickheads. I haven't gone far enough into Hinamaru to see whether Chihiro ends up being a misogynistic dickhead later, seeing as he later becomes a single father who seems to have sole custody of his daughter. I'm taking that as the most flimsy of evidence to make me think he's going to turn out to still be a good dude. And it is depressing how well Chihiro is characterized in Hinamaru, because that goes such a long way to informing who Chihiro is by the time we meet him and his daughter in Asumi. I don't see how you can read Asumi without at least watching Hinamaru first, and that doesn't speak well to the marketing of Asumi or to the structure of the plotting of Asumi to make us get how kind Chihiro is so that we love him in Asumi, because it assumes you already know him from Hinamaru and loved him there. Just think how much worse this makes this experience. Asumi can stand on its own. You don't need to read Hinamaru Sumo first. I know that sounds like I'm contradicting what I just said, that I don't see how you can read Asumi without at least watching Hinamaru first, Except again, without Hinamaru, I think a lot of Asumi fails because it doesn't have that nostalgia bait and good feelings from the actual good art that came before. I showed one panel of the first chapter of the Hinamaru manga to my friend Elec Roach, and they pointed out how much energy you could see in the punch Hinamaru lands in chapter one. And when Elec said that, it made a light bulb go off over my head. We don't get that in Asumi. We don't get that epic, memorable action to sell you on this series in its first chapter. I've written before how certain comics thrive because they are so mimetic. Spy Family is a series where pretty much every chapter has one panel that can be extracted and shared online to build up hype as to the display of action or the powerful emotion shown in Anya's shock, yours ferocity, and Twilight's increasingly tiresome exhaustion. But Marshall Master Asumi feels so handcuffed and not willing to go that hard in its strikes and attacks. 
there is a good reason for that. Nito, as an MMA fighter, specializes in grappling, so holding the opponent in place, rather than delivering powerful kicks and punches. But just because you justify the choice doesn't make it a good choice. It's dull by comparison. So, it is bothersome that these two series, Asumi and Hinamaru, are tied together this much, yet Hinamaru is not available on Viz when, yeah, it's a more entertaining series. And it's bothersome that the extent of that connection about how Hinamaru is a prequel to Asumi is so flimsy. It's just that Chihiro, a gym leader in Asumi, and his daughter, an MMA fighter, are first introduced in Hinamaru Sumo, so this is more of a cute easter egg than anything that requires you to read one series before the other. It is a hint that maybe we'll see more of the Hinamaru casts appear down the road to see where their stories go next, not too dissimilar to how Sket Dance got an epilogue in Witch Watch, which, yeah, geez, I should talk about this another time, but we need to talk about the stuff Viz should be putting on its subscription services. Not everyone is going to get how meaningful it is for Hinamaru and Sket characters popping up in later works unless they can easily get legal access to those stories. And Viz should want to attract more readers, not have them pirating this stuff. Ignoring that, the first six chapters of Hinamaru are free on Manga Plus and the anime is on Crunchyroll, where Viz probably isn't getting the same amount of financial benefits. Anyway, let's wrap this up so I can get to the live reactions today. To summarize, Martial Master Asumi is such a disappointing series given the potential compared to what came before. I only just learned it's a sequel to Hinamaru Sumo that, so far, is such a better series by every metric. Asumi could be a great companion to other sports series like Hajime no Ippo, and it just isn't. Maybe it'll be better if it ever gets to a comparable number of chapters, but Hinamaru lasted for more than 200 chapters. And as of today, Asumi is up to only 29. And even then, Hinamaru nailed just about everything in just its first episode, while this far later Asumi struggles to be as concise and impactful. But I have just gone on an extended tirade and engaged in what I consider to be a sin of every criticism, tearing down something only by comparing it to something else. So enough about Hinamaru Sumo, let's actually talk about where the plot is right now in Martial Master Asumi and judge this series on its own merits so that we have enough context going into chapter 29 to know what is going on. At this point in Martial Master Asumi, Nito's classmate now won her match against Ayoka. I'm not going to talk too much about this battle, if only because there is not a ton for me to nitpick. We have two women in an MMA fight. That is good. We have now going into the fight warning Nito that if he wants to win championships, he has to face the fact that to do so means beating your opponent, and you can't let your guilt that you are beating someone else get in the way. 
I'm not saying that's the best lesson to have in life. So much of what we do depends on our cooperation, not competition over limited resources. But it's not a bad lesson to point out that if you want to be the best at something, or if you want that job, you will have to show why you are better suited than someone else. However, it's frustrating because Hinamaru Sumo already taught that same lesson in its first anime season. As said by that series' quote-unquote obnoxious character, Chihiro, in any case. Now spite is over, we return to Nito's battle as he gets ready to face off against Kuronuma. And Kuronuma already said he will retire if he loses to Nito. And not that this makes me look good, but I barely remember who Kuronuma is. Or why we should care about him. I get that Nito was worried about knocking Kurokuma out of the MMA industry, but that is Kuronuma's choice, not Nito's, so who cares? It also is frustrating that I had to catch up on chapters I missed to see that Kuronuma's decision to retire has just as much to do with he has a young child he's taking care of while his wife is expecting their second child. So, again, this is Kuronuma's choice, not Nito's fault. It's just ridiculous that we are hinging any stakes on a decision Kuronuma, the antagonist, is making that don't affect Nito except to give him sadness. It undermines that Kuronuma is his own person with his own agency and that he is taking responsibility as a spouse, parent, wage earner, and person with ambitions to do the right thing. If he knows he can't go further in MMA, he'll stop and focus on another way to support his family. That is noble for Kuronuma, not at all compelling for Nito beyond reinforcing this absurd attitude that he has to treat life as competition rather than cooperation. At least the only thing that makes Kuronuma engaging as an antagonist is that he is willing to suit to something pretty shady using his previous association with Nito's grandfather to try to learn his family's fighting technique, potentially taking advantage of an older man with dementia to trick him into giving up Nito's fighting strategy. That's about the only thing done to make us root for Nito against Kuronuma, and even that feels like a lazy attempt to make an otherwise decent person into not just an antagonist, but a villain. Maybe we're also supposed to read some darkness in him, given his name is Kuronuma, the Kuro meaning dark. And I know that Nito has to win his MMA match so he can continue on the road to the championship so he can face off against his evil older brother. And then if Nito wins, his evil older brother promises to reunite with their grandfather before he dies. And as I complain in my Patreon post, this is such an overcomplicated plot that rather than building upon well-illustrated fights and compelling character beats, it is such an overcomplicated plot that it just overwhelms any good there is in the artwork and the characterization. And sorry, the artwork just isn't as good here, and the character beats are just not good here for the overly complicated plot to elevate what is already not that good. Go back over what I just brought up. This is a whole lot of the word and in what I said, because that's what this plot feels like. 
and, 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 not if this, then that. This happens, so this is a result. The progression in Osumi as a series feels like it sputters, rather than each MMA match building upon what came before. In any case, let's jump into today's live reaction, that being to Chapter 29 of Martial Master Asumi. The series is written and illustrated by Kawada, with English translation by Noah Skipper, lettering by Phil Christie. Martial Master Asumi is licensed by Viz and can be read at viz.com. Not sure why I didn't notice that Kuronuma had shaved his head, so must have missed that earlier. We begin on page 1 of chapter 29, titled His Prime. In the first panel, we see that Nito has already launched into action as soon as the bell goes off. We see Kuronuma's partner, Reiji Togari, encouraging him. Kuronuma sets off directly at Nito. I find it funny that this chapter already starts by saying that when Nito immediately rushes at the sound of the bell, that can lead to three possible attacks he can use. And I find it funny that they list one of them as a flying knee, and then the other as a tackle, and then the other as a flying lock. I have complained before that the choice to make Nito's specialization in grappling is so frustrating because you're telling me, oh, he's going to do a flying knee, or that he's going to do any type of kick or even a tackle, and it's like, yeah, that will require action, whereas all the grappling is just, here's a panel of him lying down, holding the person down. It's not very compelling as an action. In any case, despite having rushed, Kuronuma immediately knows to get back before he gets hit in the face by the flying knee. And... Because of that, we are again denied an action. I get this is the first chapter in what could be an extended fight against Kuronuma, but it's also just, oh, something cool could have happened, and we're not going to let you see that because we're going to delay it. Nito's coach, now Spotter, shouts that he needs to get ready because Kuronuma is going to come at him. So we have Nito then barely dodging a punch from Kuronuma, which, again, we're already starting our fight with, here's a cool thing that could happen, but you're going to need to wait for it. I get if someone said you're not appreciating this, that it's more like a chess battle, that you need to enjoy the slow pace and the variety of what could happen. But again, maybe that's just what you prefer in a sword. I liked that Hinamaru Sumo, had the matches start quickly and actually go somewhere, that there was always an action taking place. With this kind of a structure to an MMA fight, where it's get close, nothing happens, get close, nothing happens. That is tiresome, and when you only have so many pages in a manga and nothing is happening because you're waiting for an action, it feels like a waste of your pages. Maybe I'll be wrong. If I flip to the next page, maybe the next one, we finally get a kick or a punch or a grapple. Nito is narrating to himself about how he's afraid. And the reason Nito is afraid is because he's thinking how Kuronuma is planning this, that he's had months to figure out a strategy to fight, whereas this is Nito's first pro match 
and he doesn't know how that's going to go. Meanwhile, we hear Kuronuma's thoughts, and he also is worried about what's going to happen next, because Nito, as a young fighter, doesn't have a lot of history for Kuronuma to a study, not a lot of matches to figure out what will all of his strategies be, and how much has he changed and grown and developed as a fighter since. We're then told that Nito's strategy this entire time was worry about him getting close to him so that he can do a counter. And that was the training he had been doing with now up to this point. I might have missed that in previous chapters, so I can't hold it against this story for giving us a flashback showing now training him as such. So I appreciate it that is from a previous chapter that we're finally getting context explaining yeah, this is the training they were doing. This is why it was counters, because they knew Kuronuma would need to get close to complete an attack. Even the description used by now and as narrated by Nito is very judo, is very a use the power of your opponent against them so that you're not having to expend as much effort. That's really good, and I appreciate this moment of educating the audience about a strategy in MMA fighting. And I appreciate that it is paired with actual action to show Nito trying that technique against Now's dad. In any case, however, we again get a subversion, which should be good, but a denial of complaining in action. And I'm not quite appreciating the aesthetic choices made and the paneling. We see Nito throw the punch, and we see an after image of Kuronuma just dodging it, and then the next scene is Kuronuma already having his fist colliding with Nito's face. I'm not sure how this could be improved, because Kuronuma swinging the punch is set up as the same type of panel. It's a parallel panel. The top one shows the two in their positions, Second one shows the two in slightly different positions, but from the same camera angle. So it's more like a storyboard. This can work for animation. It's a little less interesting as a comic. I think if you kept that first one with the after image of Kuronuma just dodging, and then switch to a close-up of Nito getting the fist in his face, and then do that parallel panel, I think that will have worked better. So where you had the thought balloon for Nito saying what, if you could have substituted that with another box and let that box show the impact of the punch, I think that would have done more. We then cut back to Kuronuma getting ready for the next punch and that punch collides, but then we get a close-up to Nito's face as he grunts and that's where he does the low kick. The action is a little muddled here, and I really hate that I keep going back to that description. It's not terrible. I can follow the action well enough. I'm just thinking, how could you improve this? How could you allow for more of the pages to show this kind of action? Because that image of Kuronuma gaining another punch in, and then Nito dodging it, and then doing the kick with the knee, all of that feels like that could have taken up an entire page, and instead it's forced into the bottom corner of one page and then the top of another page. This doesn't feel like we got the action in the right spots, that we don't have 
the panels big enough to really capture the emotion. When we see Nito's coach getting worried about the counter being countered, yeah, that should be a bigger panel just to show how shocked he is and maybe have now next to him to show her shock as well. Or maybe we're not showing her yet because she's still confident in Nito, so we want to save that as a surprise, in which case, it could have just shown her in the panel but cut off by the panel itself or another word balloon so that we're knowing she's right there and she has a reaction, but we're not showing it yet. In any case, Kuronuma realizes that Nito is hesitating because he had this plan, but now that the counters aren't working, that's going to make Nito be in doubt and make him swing wildly trying to come up with a new plan. But then we get a bigger panel finally showing Nito as he resolves to get back into this fight. Characters know as how he is assuming a stance that, as described by Kuronuma's partner, that's his family's fighting technique. And when Nao's father hears that being shouted, that, quote, he's prepping that Asumi style, that's when the coach realizes, oh, so they were researching into Asumi's family to figure out how they fight. It's just odd that we hinge this pivotal moment on Asumi getting ready to use his family's fighting technique that's what we're going to devote so much of the page for. We get a flashback to Kuronuma trying to figure out if fighting against Asumi, against Nito, should he back up because he doesn't know what to predict from the family fighting style. Kuronuma says he's not going to do that because that's not facing this fight head on. He can't back away. He's got to rush forward into it. I guess this is also why we had Kuronuma now with a shaved head to emphasize what is and isn't a flashback, which, not a bad choice, but an odd one. I mean, Kuronuma and Nito actually have different enough character designs that I don't see what the benefit was to making one of them bald in order to make it clear who is who in the fight. They had different color hair, they had different color trunks, they had different body sizes and types. Again, I might have missed something in a previous chapter, so that's on me. Kuronuma gets confident thinking that he can stop this if he just attacks more quickly. He grabs onto Nito's leg. And then we get a flashback to Nito's grandfather giving advice, and I assume it has to be to Kuronuma, not to Nito himself. Nito's grandfather says that the only thing you can do as a strategy at this moment is to get the other opponents off balance, and that means grabbing onto the leg. And then we get Kuronuma imagining what will happen, and then it indeed happens. Again, some of the wording here with the narration is not helping clarify the action on page, because I'm struggling to figure out what is Kuronuma just hypothesizing and what is actually happening. Before we go to the next page, Nito has a new strategy, that being he'll just grab onto Kuronuma's leg to bring him down as well, but Kuronuma already anticipated that when we get to the next page. So yeah, this fight for me, and maybe it's just I don't enjoy MMA fighting, is one of this happens, but I already had this counter because I anticipated you were going to do this. 
if Nito wins this, I don't know how it's going to feel like a valid win in terms of narrative. And if Nito doesn't win, I don't know how this effectively ends Kuronuma's arc because he said he would retire. That seems to be the direction we're going. Kuronuma then starts getting self-conscious, thinking that Nito is facing off against him only because he's an older fighter and that it would be easy to take him out. An odd moment to finally have Kuronuma show more of that concern he has about getting older, but whatever. Nito manages to extricate himself from Kuronuma. He hears encouragement from his coach to stay calm, but Kuronuma thinks he's been able to get Nito to start panicking, so he counters with a knee to the chest, or at least, yeah, he completed that attack. Kuronuma's partner is now having his own mental thoughts about how much he respects Kuronuma and that he appreciates having him as his mentor. Nito is falling. Kuronuma realizes that Nito is trying to gear himself for when he collapses. But at that point, Kuronuma also says to himself, that's Nito again trying to do a feint to trick him. And that means he has to prepare for another flying knee kick, which is why Kuronuma makes sure to counter yet again. The coach realizes that Kuronuma is predicting everything. Again, this being a chapter, it's definitely set up either as this fight ends faster than we all expected or Kuronuma is far ahead and that makes the stakes higher so that when Nito wins, it becomes a valid victory because he already suffered so much but still survived it. We'll see when we get to the next page. I'm kind of skipping around. The next page is either going to be Nito already lost this or Nito is so injured that we get a cliffhanger and have to come back next week to see can Nito get back up again. That would be compelling and get me to read the next chapter if Nito is down but not technically out yet. It is a bit of a cheap way to get readers to come back, but this is serialized narrative structure. We get Kuronuma narrating how much he had to struggle to get where he is now, saying that he has been an MMA fighter longer than Nito has been alive, which, you know, we already had Kuronuma be introduced as such a pretty engaging, sympathetic character. We see he has a family, that he wants to support them, but now he's just turning into old man yelling at the youngster saying, I've been around longer than you have, and that means I've earned this. The audience recognizes that Kuronuma is older than most of his competitors and is closer to retirement. But then they also are realizing as we get this image of the tattooed wings on Kuronuma's back growing into actual wings that he is at his prime, that he is ascending, that he is rising. But before Kuronuma can finish the job, the referee intervenes. That's the first bell. And we have Nito already up and smiling. So now as whether he's having fun and he says, no, he is not, but he has the big smile. <sighs> I almost wish we had just ended the chapter with either Nito saying he's not enjoying this one bit with the big smile and that makes us come back next time to see what happens, or that we just stop with Nito down and not knowing whether he's going to get back up. 
We had the audience cheering on Kurunuma, saying that they don't want him to retire, and he's thinking, I won't if I can help it. Which is a kind of silly internal thought. We already know that he's going to retire if Nito wins. I get that the point is, is that I won't retire if I can help it, which means I got to beat Nito. It's just such an odd phrase, and I'm not blaming the translation or localization here. This seems to be a problem in the original text. It's not as compelling a line to give. Now ask Nito, how is he going to win this? Because the strategy he was using didn't work. So Nito says, well, let's look at the rules. Maybe there's a way I can get around them. Which, yeah, great job making your titular protagonist likable. Again, I don't know enough about MMA. We have Kuro Numud trying to figure out how... Nito can't get around the rules by just using his family's fighting technique because that would break the rules. Again, you're making me side with Kuro Numa more for being someone who was trying to win this match based on how you played the game, and Nito isn't. This is one of the rare moments where the story has Nito have agency, where his coach in a flashback was trying to discourage him from fighting such a polished fighter like Kuro Numa where he's trying to convince Nito, we can get you started on some lower fighters so that you can build your technique, so that you can get better. But all Nito says is that he's really excited to watch this, which then makes now excited to watch this, and ugh, it's just not engaging. The story keeps trying to figure out how do we make Nito someone who is excited about fighting when that was never his characterization. I don't get in here like even now is sitting there saying i've never seen nito be this excited to watch a fight yeah neither have we so i'm i appreciate that this is trying to make the audience feel something like oh there's a mystery here why is nito now finally excited and i don't get a sense that it's going to be an exciting revelation because it again just comes down to his stupid, evil, older brother. And that's just boring. I'd rather have Nito be someone who just enjoys MMA for the heck of it, not because he needed this overly complicated plot to make it happen. Not everything needs an origin story. You don't need a movie explaining how Han Solo got the Millennium Falcon. We already know. You don't need an entire flashback story to know how did the world of Soul Eater become as it is, we don't need this here. We can just have Nito be, oh, I finally get why I like MMA, and here's the reason why, and we don't. Like, Space Dandy did this joke better of, why does QT come to like fishing? They just do. It's just, oh, I enjoy this. There's no reason for it. I just do, and I don't need to explain it. It's Marge Simpson holding up the potato and saying, I just think they're neat. We don't need this Freudian explanation to say, oh, my brother won space off against Kuro Numa, and that's why I'm excited to get into this fight, because then I can knock down my brother and reunite my family. I don't care. I just want to learn about MMA. I don't care about Nito and his brother and his family's fight and struggles. I just want to learn about the sport. Ugh. We get the flashbacks to Nito saying that 
He wasn't sure what happened when he fought against his brother, but now facing off against Kuronuma, he's realizing how his brother turned their family's fighting style into an MMA structure. And then we get now leaning in close to him and just showing his eyes and her mouth. So it's supposed to be intimate. It's supposed to be two people who really get each other. And I'm just not feeling it either. She gives him words of encouragement, telling him that because of his strength, he can win and that he needs to show his own MMA style. But all Nito can think is that it's his own brother's MMA style. That should be a compelling cliffhanger. It should be, even when Nito is his own fighter, he's still not out of his brother's shadow, and he still hasn't figured out how it'd be his brother. That should be really cool, and it just isn't holding up for me. So, yeah, unfortunately, this series is still not working for me. I will probably check out next week's chapter on my own, but I'm not excited to ever do another live reaction to this series. There are other ones I'd rather do, and this is not one of them. So my problem with Martial Master Asumi is that as a series about MMA, it doesn't really teach you anything. As a compelling drama, it is so overly complicated that this feels like the worst kind of soap opera, the worst kind of telenovela, the worst kind of shonen story where it's just vagueness upon vagueness, twists upon twists, family drama upon family drama, instead of just, could we please get to the point already? So if you want something that is labyrinthian and you don't know where it's going next, yeah, that should make this a compelling series, but instead it comes across as a mess of a story that I just don't know what it's going for. I don't know what Nito as a character is trying to be. I don't know what the story is trying to make him be. I would rather have a series as direct as Hinamaru Sumo, which, in an almost clever way, I guess MMA being a less predictable sport makes this more fascinating because you don't know what's the next strategy someone will use, whereas Sumo is pretty much get the person out of the rain. Hinawara Sumo, you knew what you were getting. Get the character out of the rain. Martial Master Asumi, you don't know what the next technique is, what's going to be the next MMA move used, and I don't like that unpredictability. I want to know we're getting somewhere, and with this series, I just feel like we're not getting anywhere. I'll wrap up there. I think I am being too hard on Martial Master Asumi, given the overall context of the sport it is covering rather than the effectiveness of its writing and its art or on its own merits. I think I'm being too harsh on a story that shows the grandfather is suffering from trauma, grief, depression, and dementia. And all that persists, even if he was and still is toxic and abusive and violent. A more complicated portrayal rather than a simplified characterization that would otherwise make him a stock character rather than standing out on his own. Like I said, MMA as a more complicated sport, maybe that needs more complicated characters. It just isn't working for me. In any case, what do you think of how the series handles the sport and the grandfather? Let me know your thoughts in the comments section or you can email me derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. If I may say one more thing about Hinamaru Sumo, though, 
man, I appreciated that anime having characters announce their moves only in their thoughts and narration. I get that My Hero Academia needs to have the moves shouted to be a superhero story, but it grows tiresome. And I finally got into some of the Undead Unluck anime, and every damn time they shout a move, it drags the pace of that series to a crawl. I haven't spent enough time comparing the Hinamaru Sumo anime to its original manga, but at least I can sit through that anime and enjoy how shouting the moves is handled and doesn't slow down the story. But in any case, wrapping up for today, if you like what you heard, please let me know. Contributions at coffee.com slash Derek S. McGrath and patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath are appreciated. Please include a note to let me know what you liked in the live stream and what you would like to hear more of. And your contributions give you the opportunity to recommend works for me to cover each week. You can join other Coffee and Patreon contributors such as Emily Lauer, Alec Roach, and Alexis Durand. Thank you all for your support. And if you like what you heard, or didn't like what you heard, please check out Other People's Awesome Stuff. A blog roll of recommended people to check out is at my site, DerekSMcGrath.wordpress.com. Today, I am promoting the Professional Lab podcast with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. In particular, their episode from Tuesday, January 16, 2024, about the history of Martin Luther King Jr. Day and the work it took from activism as well as boycotts to make that day happen. Gee, it's almost like going hard on canceling corporations and even entire states through boycotts and refusal to host events in those states can impact progressive change. It's almost like people should be using 2024 to go harder at canceling entities and making that clear in their writing, in their speech, and with their dollars, why they are canceling them. It's almost like there are certain corporations and states in the United States who should be boycotted to get them to stop catering to right-wing, anti-intellectual, bigoted forces. But, you know, that's just my opinion, not reflective of what Drift Glass and Blue Gal said. Go listen to their episode at professionalleft.blogspot.com where you can also contribute to them via PayPal and Patreon. Links are in the description. And I'm going to promote another podcast, The Final Word with Frangela. Please listen to episode 331 titled We Are Under Attack regarding the double standard on the basis of race and gender when it concerns who gets held in contempt in court and who gets a free pass from pundits in political media. I can't put it into words as well as Frangela did, so please listen to their podcast and check out their Patreon. Links are in the description. And one more thing before we wrap up today, sticking with politics again, please do not overlook what Biden has accomplished and improved upon in the last three years. It is not only that Biden has protected the United States from a further right-wing takeover of the federal government and its agencies. It's not just how many empty seats at courts Biden has filled after the right-wing assault on this nation. It is also the work Biden has done to create jobs, to lower medical expenses, to support families and children, to cancel student debts. All things that are being lost or can be lost with more Republicans in Congress and will be completely eviscerated if any Republican takes the White House. Campaign now for Democrats and Biden so that we can kick Republicans out of office. 
If you can legally vote where you live, check your voter registration at vote.org. And while you're at it, look up any local race in your area, see whether a Democrat is running for that seat, and get to work getting the best Democrat you can find into office. Please visit postcardstovoters.org for more information about how to campaign. But there I go being political again. That's all for this weekend. Next time, I'll talk about Akane Banashi, Chapter 95. Stay tuned for that episode on another Sunday morning. I hope sooner rather than later and not after another months-long hiatus. Please check for schedule updates at youtube.com slash Derek S. McGrath. Until next time, stay safe out there, people. Make sure to mask up, get vaccinated, install ad blockers, register a vote, campaign against fascism and against war and against genocide and against terrorism, and learn and practice anti-bigotry. I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good afternoon. Bye. Sunday Morning Manga is intended for information and entertainment purposes only. All names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content is the intellectual property of the speaker, me, unless otherwise indicated. The views and opinions expressed on this live stream are those of the speaker, me, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any other persons mentioned in this stream. Aside from the names of Patreon and coffee contributors, other persons, businesses, organizations, or entities mentioned in this episode are not sponsors of this episode. My remarks about those persons, businesses, organizations, and entities are not paid endorsements. The views and opinions expressed on this live stream are those of the speaker, me, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of coffee contributors, Patreon contributors, or any other persons mentioned in this stream. Music today include the tracks titled Los Angeles by Music Production, Sunshine by Lemon Music Studio, News Time by Monument underscore Music. These songs are royalty free and available at Pixabay. Links are in the description.